This is the Colored Pencil Podcast, session number 267. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a colored pencil podcast. Weekly discussions in and around this medium that we love so much. Hey there, welcome back to the show. Happy Monday to you if you're listening on Monday when this podcast gets released. I'm so glad you're listening today. This is a Colored Pencil Podcast. My name is John Middick, and I am your host. Today, I want to talk to you about investing in imitation. So what do I mean by that? Well, for those that know me and know my thought process and my teaching techniques, it may come to a surprise to you to ever hear me talk about copying because I rail against it most often, right? And so most of the time, what I'm trying to teach my students is to not copy, but to become the best artist they can become within their skill set, and then to level up, to develop and grow, and to start as quickly as possible taking their own photo references, if that's possible, and to draw their own unique subject matter, whatever subject matter you, you decide. If you're the one, you're the creator from the beginning to the end, then you're in the driver's seat the entire way. And so you're making independent decisions all along the way. And that's a scary, scary prospect for a lot of artists, especially those just starting out. But I feel like that it's one of the best avenues or paths for an artist. And I think you can start to dip your toe in the water and develop as a unique artist with your own style, your own unique uh, take on whatever subject matter you decide on, express all of that very, very quickly and very honestly when you start working toward that end, when you start from the beginning thinking about developing and processing your own core ideas at the very beginning. Now, that's what I teach. Okay, so what I'm doing personally then right now, and I'm going to pass this along to my students, is I'm investing a little bit of my time into myself and I'm wanting to uh, pass that along to my students to invest the same type of time, and I'll explain what this time is, uh, back into themselves and to do it through the lens of something else. So what is that something else? I'm investing in imitation, like I alluded to in the subject of the podcast today. So what I mean by that is I'm going back and I'm looking at some of the masters. Now, I've, I've put together a few um, masters oil paintings that I admire, that I like, that I'm looking for. And primarily, I'm looking at the eyes in a few particular portraits. But I'm honing in and just looking at certain things that can teach me some things and inform me in my practice and in my craft with what I'm doing right now in colored pencil. Now, you may know that colored pencil um, is a relatively new medium, and so it borrows from the discipline of so many other art forms and art mediums. And what we're actually able to accomplish and do in this medium is something that Perhaps you could say, you could probably make the statement 
that in the 1700s, maybe as early as the 15 to, let's say, the late 1800s, you weren't able to accomplish, you know. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and, and say that's probably the case. When you consider all the tools and materials that we have today in this relatively new medium of colored pencil, and you compare that to the uh, oil paints and anything else that was available to artists that lived during those centuries. But going back and copying what a master has done in the past can teach us some things in the future. So the first portrait that I decided to copy is a portrait by Angelica Kaufman, and it's actually a self-portrait that she did. Um, and this is, according to the National Portrait Gallery, um, the circa for this particular portrait was around 1770 to 1775. All right. So back during that time, there is no way of documenting what anyone really looked like, right? But we have some fairly accurate representations of uh, people based on oil paintings. Now, when the artists themselves were able to depict their likeness, then we probably have a pretty good understanding of what they looked like. So she does this self-portrait, and I think it's a very compelling self-portrait. The, uh, the expression in the face is uh, wonderful. The lighting is just um, beautiful. And so I'm cropping this. It's, uh, she's sitting, and, I'm, and her hands and arms are uh, included, but I'm cropping this down to just the face. And um, I'm depicting just that face in colored pencil. So this oil painting in colored pencil. Now, there's some things that I, I'm 90%, 80, 90% of the way done with it. Pretty much done. But uh, I decided uh, <laughs> to go really fast on it and to do it very, very quickly. So within a few days, um, I pretty much got it done. But the problem with that is I did one of the big faux pas that I rail against all the time. And that is that I stopped looking as intently at the reference. Now, that's always going to result in some problems. And so I've got to go back now. And uh, that's the reason why I'm saying I'm 80 to 90 percent done. I would have been done. Uh, but now I, I have some technical problems that I got to go back and fix. So uh, that's fine. Um, it gives me a, a chance to show how to erase, how to correct things, and why things are wrong. Because, you know, you can ask uh, 10 people that are not artists, what's wrong with this painting? What's wrong with this drawing? And they'll give you, you know, 10 different responses, um, and maybe none of those are correct. But there are things you can learn by doing a self-critique and comparing against the original. The original, in this case, is the the oil painting that I'm trying to uh, copy, I'm imitating. And you can compare those two and make the corrections based on your observation. Okay, so let's talk just a moment about that. This project, the project that I'm embarking on, is not one portrait. It's not even two, but it's several studies comparing 
what was done aforetime, what was done when uh, there were no colored pencils available. But they are, they are color studies. They are anatomical uh, studies in portraiture. And so there's a lot that can be gained by doing that. Because, you know, you know that old saying that you probably first heard when you first started drawing, and that was, draw what you see and not what you know, right? We've all heard that, I think. And, and I agree with that for the most part, but I like to take it just a step beyond that and talk about how we should also know what we draw. So we should know what we draw, so in observing those things, we have an awareness. We understand more clearly and we can articulate and express what we see so that we can understand and we can depict what we both see or what we observe and what we know, right? And it's all about observation. There is a podcast not that long ago that I did and I talked about how my speed increased when I learned to slow down. <laughs> and it was something that was surprising to me. That was a, a side benefit to slowing down because I was wanting more accuracy. But my speed increased when my observation skills went up because I'm thinking more about the subject and the object model of portraiture rather than just trying to blank out what I know and only draw what I see. Where is this shadow? Okay, and then how many inches away from that shadow is the edge of the nose? And then, okay, how many inches uh, perhaps away from that is this little fuzzy area, this little diffused edge that tells me where uh, the jawline is? You know, that kind of thing. That's kind of just, you know, depicting uh, what you're seeing. That's sight size drawing, right? That's just looking at it, a one-to-one -one relationship and saying, okay, what is it I'm observing right now? And how can I depict that right now accurately with what I'm looking at? You know, a lot of uh, life drawing classes, that's what you're doing. You're, you're just looking, observing what you're seeing at the moment, and you're depicting that on the paper, learning to draw, you know, that way. But what what I want to do, what I try to do, what I try to teach is to draw more with an analytical mind. And we're thinking in construction methods and we're thinking about a lot of things. We're thinking about 3D modeling. We're thinking about uh, perspective and all of these things go into our unconscious when we study them. And then we're able to depict something that is more than just what we see. And so we're drawing what we know. And I think it just makes your job so much easier. It makes it faster, makes it more enjoyable. When we do these anatomical understandings um, or studies rather, and then we gain the understanding of the head in portrait drawing, then it informs our depiction of whatever portrait we're trying to draw, whatever we're trying to portray, right? So I'm, think, I'm trying to think about uh, more than just a one-to-one -one relationship to the model. I'm thinking about more than just a one-to-one -one relationship to the photograph that I may be quote-unquote copying, right? I'm thinking more about the subject 
than just this rendering of the portrait, the way that the light's hitting it at this moment. Because if I don't know all these other things, if I don't know the planes of the head, if I don't know the perspective, the tilt and rotation of the head, then I don't know how to change shadows. I don't know the best way to depict uh, a particular shadow under the nose or under the bottom lip or something like that. I don't even know how to change that if I want to. But it puts me in the driver's seat and it gives me more power when I understand more about the object model and the subject from the very beginning. And so using construction methods to render, I think, is a good thing. Even at the very beginning, when we may not even understand exactly the reasons why entirely. So that when you approach something, just like I'm, I'm looking at the Angelica Kaufman uh, render, her rendering of herself so many years ago, hundreds of years ago now. And wh what is it she was doing? Well, you can handle atmosphere. You can handle, um, you know, through observation, you can handle then the thoughts past the eyes. You can think about and handle the shape of the head in the back, the back of the head that I'm not seeing and I'm not depicting in my drawing. So I'm telling the story, she's telling the story, I'm retelling the story, and I'm attempting to depict what the subject is thinking about, right? What, what is it that they look like? Not just what they look like at that moment, but really show who they are and not just who they are in that moment. And that's what we can do, and we can depict something that is perhaps even better than reality. I'm not there yet. Um, maybe if you're listening today, maybe you are, but I'm not there yet. But maybe we can depict something that's better than reality, or at least, can we be so bold to say, better than the photo, you know? Well, that's what I want. That's my goal, right? And I hope that's your goal as well. And so... Looking at, you know, this very, very fair skin, um, there's a lot of blue in this skin. I could go on and on about some of the, the very cool things that I'm learning about this. Uh, that's going to be a treat for those that are in the face value course. And we'll be able to share this in some uh, other ways as well. And I'm looking forward to that. But I do want to tell you that some of the things that we learn by copying the masters is we can learn more about color, about value. We can learn about volume. We can learn more about creating that three-dimensional look and feel to the drawing subject. We can learn about atmosphere. We can learn about all the elements that are making up this outer area, you know, this surface skin that we're depicting. But there's muscle, there's bone, there's a, there's a, a skeletal uh, existence, there's eye sockets, there's jaw, there's forehead, right? There's all of these things that make up who this person is on the outside, right? And so there's this dynamic continuance of, uh, 
understanding these things and informing ourselves of what these things are doing. And so, you know, kind of like the, and this may be a, a weak comparison, but if you think about the Amazon uh, virtuous cycle, you know, they've we got this huge flywheel right there in, in front. And so there is something that, there, there's this open loop. There's this creation of something. Okay. And this is our awareness that starts to happen as artists. And then as it develops and grows, it informs how we can depict our subject matter. And that also helps us to inform us uh, the next time we're presented with new subject matter. We have more of an awareness. So our observation increases, right? So the observation is feeding the technical part of what we're doing. The technical part of what we're doing helps to influence our observation skills as well, because we're not so much hung up on the technical aspects of things. We're able to freely create. We're able to freely express ourselves in the way that we want to. And everything just feeds into the other. And so this this flywheel would I would say is probably our, our knowledge and how it begins to increase helps every other little part of what we would put into a little box and call our craft or our art, our art skill. Others may call it our art gift or our art talent, right? But we create as the artists this open loop of understanding, informing, and creating. And it goes on and on and it repeats itself and it's this cycle and we become better and better and better and better every time we do it. Right. Now, sometimes, sometimes we have to take one or two steps back in order to take a few forward. Right. All right. So I want to encourage you if you are interested at all. In learning more about portraits and learning more about how to um, level up and influence where you are in your development process right now, go back and look at the old masters in whatever subject. Maybe, maybe you're interested in landscapes. I don't know. Um, but if you're interested in, in portraits, then go back and look at some of the old masters, see what they've done and just just decide, OK, I'm just going to do a study on uh, this particular eye or this mouth or something like that. Just pick some small feature and depict that. And I want to know what you think about that. I want to know what you've learned. I'm going to be reporting on what I've learned and what I'm learning. But I want to know from you what you're learning about that. And I think it's an interesting conversation that we could have. And I would love to know your thoughts on that so all right that's it today guys um i'll i'll be having more shows where i i will talk about some things more things about what i've learned in uh, on the other side of doing some of these studies so this is a weekly show i so much appreciate you listening and being here week to week means a lot to me and if you want to leave a rating or review you can go ahead and do that on apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcast i'll see you here again next monday until then stay sharp 
Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com.